Hello there, listener. Thank you so much for tuning in, as they say. Tuning in. Tuning, tuning in. You know how sometimes you just get stuck on like a little phrase and then you start to have visuals of what that means? Tuning. Anyways, um, uh, not to start off on a negative note, but I just want to give you an example of where my anxiety uh, is at today, Um, July 25th, 2020. I am doing that usual thing where I record this in my car because there's just like a safety to it. There's something that's comforting about (laughs) recording this in my car, even though, you know, I'm way more subject to sounds, of course, like other cars, you know, I'm not recording this in like a little sound booth. I'm not recording this in my closet that I could probably make to be like a very quiet space. You know, I like to take these moments when I'm recording these and be out somewhere, you know, and not even an area that I'm familiar with, but just somewhere it's usually by the beach. So like right now I'm down, um, not super close to the beach cause I had to drive far enough away, uh, so that you couldn't hear too many cars. Um, but I'm not, I'm not too far from like Venice and, and Marina del Rey. But, but just to give you an example of where my anxiety is, I just spent the last 20 minutes driving around trying to find a spot that feels right, but, but not doing it in a way that's like, oh, this feels right, in a way that feels like, oh no, this, this, this spot's too depressing, or, or, or this house, yeah, this house, uh, I don't know, I don't like the way it makes me feel, or this street feels weird, or I'm going to turn around, or I'm going to, like, like feeling anxious about where I park my car. Um, now, granted, I was also trying to find some shade, but this isn't just for convenience sake. I'm, like, literally scared to death of where I should uh, have parked my car. And I, I, I landed on some kind of like residential side street near some sort of a parking lot that seems to have these little, I don't know, sheds or something in it. Some, some sort of a place that, sh- that sells like those giant sheds. And then of course a couple of cars are driving by. Um, that's fine. Cause I'm not gonna uh, obsess over this. Um, I'm assuming that if, if, if you can't handle, uh, the cars, then you either won't listen or it's because you're not interested in the things I'm saying, um, which could be either, which is, which is totally fine. And now, now I'm finding myself babbling. So I want to, I want to update you guys on my, on my life and, and things that have transpired over the past week, because a lot has. Um, and I also want to, I actually have a clip a clip about a two minute long movie clip that I'm going to share with you in a little while from the movie What About Bob which came out in the early 90s and What About Bob stars Bill Murray and Richard Dreyfuss and Bill Murray is basically this um kind of like obsessive sort of anxious but still very comical character that's looking for help, professional help. And Richard Dreyfuss plays the psychiatrist and the movie is hilarious. And this was one of my grandmother's favorite movie as a kid. And I would watch it with her and then I owned it on VHS and just would watch it so often. Like between the ages, I think of like maybe eight and 11. I would just watch this movie all the time and I got such a kick out of it. And it's so funny because 
you know, I could have never really appreciated um, or have really known the deeper aspects of the movie, you know, like with the fears and whatnot. But, you know, maybe on some sort of a subconscious level, it resonated with me. But um, there's a reason why I want to share a specific scene with you. But we'll get into that um, in, in a little bit. Uh, what I first want to talk about is kind of um, catching you up from everything that was that was, you know, last week's update. I know I mentioned that I started taking the 50 milligrams of the Zoloft again about a week and a half ago, and um, I was only a few days into that when I recorded the last episode, and now that it's been about a week and a half, I can definitely say that I am feeling feeling a more like tangible... I don't know if tangible is the right word, but um, a more substantial difference. Uh, it's again, it's not like a it's not like a light switch. It's not like all of a sudden I'm not anxious and depressed still, but again, it kind of feels like similar to when I mentioned that I felt like maybe a little light was peeking through with the Lamictal. I feel like. I am very slowly, but still surely emerging from this depressive fog. Um, the anxiety is really funny because I'll tell you guys, it is a real bitch. And I'm sure a lot of you can relate to this. But, you know, the truth is, is that I haven't had anxiety to the level that I've had anxiety for this long of a period of time ever before in my life. I mean, this started a couple months ago. And, you know, because in the past, when it started, I would very quickly get back on meds and, and I feel like had more of an immediate support system, like in my direct life. And of course, we weren't in a pandemic. So I feel like those periods of anxiety were not that fucking long. I mean, I feel like they lasted, I feel like, like the brunt of it was anywhere between maybe, maybe two to four weeks. And I feel like I've been living with this now for two and a half months. And it's scary because, you know, feeling this way very easily makes one feel like, am I ever going to feel normal again? And of course, that's exacerbated by the fact that we're in a pandemic in a place that's completely unknown where we don't, we really can't predict the future. This is the first time in our lives on a global scale that we can safely say that the reality that we were living in or the things that we took comfort in we can't really do that anymore. That doesn't mean that we can't choose to see the positive. But, you know, these these safety things, these things that 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 mentally kept us safe, you know, like if I do this, then I'll feel like this or, you know, I have a family. I'm I'm steady. I'm, you know, we have these 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 this is where tangible uh the word tangible works best, but we have these tangible things that give us a sense of safety, but all of those things have been completely rocked, of course, by this pandemic. And, you know, you know, in addition to, of course, the sickness and the, and, and the death, you know, it's a lot of financial insecurity and living security. All these things have been completely rocked. Absolutely. And I'll be damned if the energy from the collective fear we aren't feeling that too, in addition to our own. But it's just, it's just reiterating that, you know, I've never felt this much anxiety to this degree for this length of time. And it's, it's scary because it does feel like, holy shit, you know, and that reminder that I like to give myself that I've heard time and time again, that this too shall pass or this is temporary um, sometimes I, I feel like, is it like, I don't know if I can fully believe that, but 
And that's just me being completely honest with you. At the same time, logically, I do believe it. I do believe that I will get through this. I do believe that you will get through this. I do believe that the world will get through this. Um, How it's going to work. But I do believe we are going to emerge in, in, in a positive way despite all of the chaos and fear and destruction that this that this virus has caused you know and then the trickle down effect all of the layers too I mean it's it's really 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 something but the anxiety is just you know and and I'm, you know, and I, every day I think like, well, shouldn't I feel a little less anxious? You know, these meds are getting back in my system. What the hell is going on? And I have to remind myself, we're in a pandemic. You're still living in unknown circumstances. And there's more time on my hands. So... All of those things that we're afraid to face when we really sit with ourselves, of course, are coming up also. Plus, I am sober, you know, for years and years, not day in and day out, but still on a fairly regular basis, I would numb myself out with weed. And again, I got sober around the time that I weaned off of my meds, um, which is really hilarious. I mean, honestly, the further away I get from the time that I did that, which was only back in February. It's very funny. It's, it's very funny. I mean, it's because here's the deal. I'm going to emerge from this a more aware, I think, self-loving, patient, strong individual, but it's still very sadly comical that I went off of my meds and got sober at the same time. Um, you know, you know, even, even, you know, even if the pandemic hadn't happened, like what, what, you know, one thing at a, one step at a time, one step at a time. Okay. Um, I've learned my lesson and I am actively choosing to still not regret it, but all of the pain and anxiety and the depression and dare I say, you know, emotional suffering that, that, that I've experienced, I am trying to actively choose to see it as a gift. Um, even though it's very painful, a a gift of evolving, of, of growing, of shedding layers of uncovering truths that I have been afraid to face. I mean, this shit is fucking scary. And I think that everyone in their lives has opportunities to to go there. And, you know, again, people's circumstances don't always look the same. You know, people, some humans are going to suffer more than other humans. And some people are going to get, you know, are going to seem luckier or to have more positivity in their lives and but but we all have to face things within ourselves that we haven't faced on some level at some point and again this this moment in time this moment in history is happening on a collective scale and again some people are leaning into it some people are attempting to lean into it some people are half-ass leaning into it, and some people, you know, are are trying to avoid it, and some people are just completely ignoring the shit out of it, right? Um, and these don't have to be, you know, this doesn't have to be a matter of right and wrong, or who's strong and who's weak. A lot of this shit is timing people's lives the way things line up, I don't fucking know. All I know is that when I turned 34 years old back in October 2019, a whole bunch of shit started happening in my life that, you know, kind of began as like, 
me having really, really, really intense, deep feelings for somebody who I had, who I had just met. Um, and I, you know, and, and then, and then led to like spiritual awakenings and, you know, things started to shift, you know, and I was thinking a little bit more and more about sobriety. And then I was thinking about my meds, but I was just, I was feeling very unsatisfied. I was feeling dissatisfied, unsatisfied. Guys, is it dissatisfied or unsatisfied? Because I'm really struggling right now. I, I was not feeling satisfied in something and I knew things needed to change. And of course, I was thinking of all these external things like sobriety, which which is great because I needed to do that. But like, you know, the, the meds and I mean, honestly, there was a period in the beginning of the year when I was sitting in my therapist's office and I said to her, I'm sick of my shit. And I, I really believe for a moment, like, what if I need to get out of here? What if I, what if I need to leave LA? And I started researching, like looking into the Peace Corps and it, you know, and then I realized all of the stipulations and it started to make me nervous and I didn't want to leave my cats behind. And I thought, what does this mean for my career and my comedy and my this and my goals? And you know, then I got sober and things became a little bit clearer, but I think that was sort of the first step and who knows what's going to happen in the future. Um, but I, I didn't mean to go on this, this, this huge tangent, but it's, you know, the, we are being forced to, to really look at ourselves and to look at our lives right now. And that, and that is the truth. That is the truth, and um, and it's very difficult. And we can choose to only think of it as difficult, or we can choose to think of it as an opportunity. Pain, fear, anxiety as an opportunity to push us to the next level, whatever that means. You know, and it doesn't have to mean something extreme. You know, I don't think that all humans were put on the planet to save the world. But I do think we were all put on the planet to save ourselves and form communities and make and make changes on a small level, which, you know, energetically and sometimes literally expand to the rest of the world as well. But, you know, when I talk about, you know, change and, you know, I'm always thinking of this idea of monumental change. It's like, what does that mean? It doesn't, doesn't necessarily have to be like moving to another country or completely changing paths as a career, right? Or, or just doing something so extravagant, but it can be just like a shift even, just a shift in consciousness consciousness there I go uh you know shift shift in awareness but I want to I want to I want to go back really quickly to the the details of my my medication stuff and my therapy um since I've been doing that pretty much each time around I want to keep you updated because I think it's um potentially helpful in some way and I and it feels good for me to just be honest about the process that I'm going through because I know a lot of people go through these processes and a lot of times we don't hear about other people's experience with mental health or with just very specifically medication and whatnot so I'm I'm you know of course choosing to still talk about all of this so so last week when I recorded, I was a few days into taking the 50 milligrams of the Zoloft. And like I think I just mentioned a little earlier, um, or maybe I didn't mention it, it's been a week and a half now and I am noticing, yes, I am noticing that the fog that I have been in, this, this very sad fog, is lifting a little bit. Um, it's safe to say that the anxiety has kind of done the same thing a little, right? Um, and I can probably still contribute this to the Lamictal since I've, I've been on it now. It's been a month, but you know, the, um, I'm not waking up with that really intense anxiety like I was. I'm still waking up with anxiety, however. 
um, you know, still do my morning ritual where I, I get up and I, and I pray and I take my meds and I, uh, you know, try and meditate. Um, cause if I don't, if I don't meditate like within the first hour or so that I wake up and maybe this is also the perfectionist side of me. Cause now I have this idea like, oh my God, I have to meditate or I'm going to be a basket case. Um, which again, that's, that's, that's kind of an unfair limiting belief. Cause what if I have to, what if I have to go somewhere really early in the morning and it's an emergency and I can't meditate, right? I have to kind of accept that. But, um, meditating has been a huge part of my, my morning routine and, you know, um, because the anxiety still very much exists. And, but so the Zoloft is clearly doing a little bit. And again, the Zoloft I took for four years and it, um, it regulated me enough so that I was able to feel, feel more level and not be a nervous wreck all the time and not be constantly emotional, you know, which I obviously have found to be what happens. Um, after I get off my meds and not immediately after, but usually a couple of months after, especially if I've weaned off the proper way, it's almost like, Oh, look, I'm in the clear. Everything's fine. And then boom, you know, like two, three months later, it comes back with a vengeance. Um, so I started taking the 50 and then a couple of days ago, I actually had my second regular appointment with that new psychiatrist. And I asked him, I said, listen, you know, when I was taking Zoloft, I was taking 150 milligrams. So can I go up to a hundred? I've only been on the 50 for a week, but can I go up to a hundred? Because, um, ultimately I know we're going to have to increase it anyways. And he said, that's fine. He said, I, he said, listen, I want to increase the Lamictal, but he said, we can wait a couple weeks to do that. I don't want to increase both at the same time. And I said, that's okay. Um, another thing that I mentioned, uh, the last episode was that I was talking to my therapist and about wanting to attend different group therapies. And she gave me the name of like a couple of places. And I was, you know, looking into those and, um, and I think I actually shared about the one where I had already sort of had like a consultation with them. And it's this intensive outpatient, um, facility for, for folks, um, located like really deep, like in the, in the Valley here in, in Los Angeles. Um, but, you know, because of course of still, you know, COVID and everything, um, all of the sessions are on Zoom. But how this works is, or rather what the, what this is going to look like for me, uh, because this is a part of their program. It's not just like a once a week, you know, hour long group therapy session. I'm going to be doing these sessions three times a week from nine in the morning until noon. So that's nine hours a week. And each session each from each day are, are different. So like I would log in, go to a meeting at nine in the morning, and then it ends a few minutes before 10. And then I do another session at 10. And then it ends a little bit before 11, another session at 11. And these are all different sessions with different focuses and different therapists from this place. And when I heard that it was going to take up this much time, I was a little nervous. And at the same time, I was a little bit relieved because I thought I have all this time in my hands and I spent so much, I've been spending so much of the day trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my day and kind of getting anxious about it. Although I did start writing lists for myself for the day prior so that I'd have, I'd give myself less of a chance to feel that anxiety and at least to say, okay, well, here's, here's what I'm doing for the day. But I still had a lot of time on my hands. And so it was also kind of a relief. I almost felt like uh, somebody said to me, it's like 
it's like summer camp, but for therapy. Um, and also over the computer, which is not as fun. Um, but so I, I started the, I started the program and, and I know I also mentioned last, last time I said I was nervous because I thought, am I, is this going to be too much therapy for me? Cause I have my regular therapist and I may have brought this up at some point, but I'm going to re-mention it. A couple of weeks ago, I started EMDR, um, which I'm still kind of learning what it looks like, but it works with like various things that have caused you to feel trauma in your past. And it's like a very specific like eye movement technique that helps to reframe your feelings around those events that have caused a lot of pain and trauma and fear, etc. And it kind of like, you're almost like re- rewiring the brain on how to feel about those, 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 you know, memories and, and, and things like that. And I started the EMDR a couple weeks ago, but we're at the very beginning stages. Cause I told this guy, I said, listen, I'm getting chemically regulated right now. Can we start off slow? Cause he told me when I first spoke with him, the therapist who's going to be doing my EMDR, he told me, he said, things might feel a little worse before they feel better. It's going to bring a lot of stuff up. It's going to bring a lot of emotion up. And I was like, oh shit. And I said, well, just so you know, I'm getting back um, on medication. And so we need to move very slowly with this. So anyways, I had, I actually had an in-person session with this guy, the EMDR guy uh, last Monday. And it was weird going going somewhere and actually sitting down with someone because I was able to. It wasn't over Zoom. Um, but I got to be honest with you. I was so fucking, so much more comforted by the fact that I was actually able to be with him in person in the office. And, you know, we sat like a pretty substantial distance away from each other and whatnot. And, you know, it is what it is. But I was, I was there and we started the process of, um, finding a lot of basically limiting beliefs, like, like beliefs that I have about myself and then what we're going to, and, you know, and, and, and all basically a list, like he took down a list of all of these different beliefs, beliefs, and he showed me a list from this specific book and we're going to work to uncover those. And I guess kind of dig up where those where those feelings first originated and then we're going to work on those. So still at the very beginning stages of that, but, um, I'm hopeful with this EMDR because I keep hearing about how helpful it's been for people and kind of like, you know, and this is not I don't want to compare, you know, one thing to another, especially with, with, with how different this is, but kind of like when I was really obsessed before I went off of my meds several months ago, I kept getting signs or so I felt like I needed to try magic mushrooms, psilocybin, you know, get off of my antidepressants and then try mushrooms, which could help rewire my brain. You know, the subject of mushrooms kept coming up and I kept meeting people and having conversations with them. And I felt like this is a sign I need to do this. And look, I did it. And, you know, I also wasn't under the supervision of someone and it didn't like pan out. And then I got nervous and I'm also sober and it was like a slippery slope. And I decided I'm going to leave the mushrooms alone. But similar to the fact that I, you know, the the subject of, of the mushrooms kept coming up this I feel like has happened with me now with EMDR a lot, especially in the last month. Like I've been hearing about it on certain self-help podcasts and I've heard it from various friends and then some friends are like, oh, I've been wanting to do that. So I feel really hopeful about the EMDR. Um, I have my regular therapist as well. She's lovely. So then those two plus this nine hours of therapy made me feel like, oh shit, is this is this going to be a little too intense? Because it's kind of like that analogy of not letting your emotions drive the wheel, right? You can acknowledge them sort of in the back seat, but you don't want to let them drive the wheel. It's like what you choose to focus on is 
very important to how you're feeling in your life, in your mindset. And I was thinking to myself, if I'm doing too much therapy and I'm thinking too deeply about all this shit, is this going to keep me at like a low vibration? Is this going to make me more depressed? And I think that's a perfectly viable concern. Um, But I also just decided, you know what, I have this time on my hands. You know, not that healing needs to be rushed because I don't think it does because I think that healing really takes time, but in a way this sort of feels like an accelerated healing program a little bit (laughs) where I'm just doing a lot of stuff. And, And here's the thing, it's not like it's, you know, it's not like it's 11 hours of specifically EMDR, you know, these are different, these are different types of therapy. So it's not like we are diving full on in with every single thing that I'll be doing. Um, because I'll, because I'll share with you, I started, I started the group therapy stuff. I did two days worth from 9am to 12 each day. And I was very pleasantly surprised actually. The, 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 basically there's a therapist or a facilitator, you know, in the zoom room. And, you know, there's only like, there's only, there's only been between maybe six to 12 people in each of the groups and they're really, really lovely because I'm not going to lie. I went into it with this stigma that I don't know that people were going to be really depressed or really anxious or really emotional and that it was going to bring me down. And and so far it has not been like that. In fact, I've been, I think I've been the only one um, in, in the meetings that I've attended so far that, that has cried. And not that that's a negative thing, but you know, I'm the one that's emotional and it kind of, (laughs) it it sort of reiterates to me, like I'm probably in the right spot because I really do, I really do believe that I've spent my life really, really consciously, but very unconsciously judging my feelings and giving myself shit for having all of these extra feelings, you know, and obsessive thoughts and fears and anxieties and depression. Because nobody wants to feel that way, you know, but it's kind of, it's almost like I've blamed myself for it. And that's not fair. And I, and I think that these group therapy sessions will remind me, um, that I really am not alone And there are so many people that deal with this and it's okay, you know, and just knowing that there are support systems out there. Cause you know, I've got friends that have been anxious and depressed, but I don't have, I wouldn't say I have a shit ton of friends that are on, you know, psychiatric medication. So just having that uh, relatability with people is really huge And some of these people have been doing this program for several weeks and they've learned better coping tools and skills and whatnot. And, you know, I've, I have skills and tools and all of this shit. I really do. I think that I probably don't give myself enough credit, but I've been very shaky lately. My foundation has been shaky. You know, I've kind of reverted back to the second guessing myself a lot and I've felt very lonely and I have felt scared and I have felt afraid um, of being alone, but not just, not just the notion of being alone, but you know, it's a really, um, it's a really hard thing to admit that it is difficult it's been difficult for myself to be alone with myself, you know, and sit alone with no distraction in, in a quiet moment. You know, I, um, I can do it for like maybe minutes at a time, taking deep breaths. But usually when I'm alone, if I'm not listening to something or watching something, which the watching part is, is pretty rare, you know, there's some sort of stimulating thing that's happening that's that's taking me away from going inside. And I think it's just because I'm 
afraid. So it's a combo of not wanting to constantly marinate in all of my emotions, but it's also like, is there somewhere that I haven't gone yet? Like, have I not dove really deep enough into myself and into my fears? And that's why I'm so scared of, of, you know, soberly being by myself, quiet in a room. Um, you know, and feel safe in my body, you know? So it's like, uh, you know, I'm going through this, this balance of, you know, um, feeling like I need to give myself alone time, even if I'm scared to versus, you know, when to reach out to friends and others who I know will provide me with comfort and love and give me insight because that's necessary. Um, but it's also like knowing that I want to be able and I feel need to be able to self-soothe myself in a lot of ways because we can't, you know, we're not always going to be able to, we can't just rely on others to make us feel comfortable our whole lives. You know, we can't on we can't, we can't rely on distractions to keep us from thinking about the things that make us uncomfortable for the rest of our lives. And I'm just trying to find the balance in all of that. And it is fucking tricky, especially because I have a perfectionist brain. So sometimes when I, you know, reach out to friends, I get a little disappointed in myself and think, Bethany, just sit with yourself for a moment, you know, and, and, and sometimes I do, but I have to, I have to, you know, still say it gently and try and be as gentle as possible because I know I'm going through some shit and I know I'm still not really chemically regulated, you know, and I know that I'm spending a lot of time alone and I know that we're in a pandemic, right? So again, a whole shit ton of, of layers. Um, but I'll share this with you as well. I woke up this morning and, um, you know, feeling, feeling anxious as I do, but I was actually feeling a little bit less anxious over the last few days. And then this morning I got out of bed and I started really feeling anxious again to a point where I thought, I don't know, it was like a different kind of anxiety. It was like a, it felt like a very almost high functioning anxiety to the point where I could have maybe given in and just started running around the house and doing this and doing that. And I could feel my thoughts racing and I could feel my head kind of darting around. Like I just couldn't relax. And I, and I, um, just gave myself a pep talk. Like I was in the kitchen and, you know, since, since I find so much comfort in talking to friends about this kind of shit, I just had a conversation with myself. I think it was something like, um, Bethany, it's totally okay to feel like this. You are going through a lot of changes. There are a lot of things happening in the world. You are, you know, moving into unknown territory. Um, you've, you've never been sober for five and a half months before. Um, this is excluding those little mushroom trips in May, but like, you know, sober from weed and alcohol. You know, I also was saying to myself, um, everything is just, everything feels different. Everything feels different. Yes, these medications are going to help balance you out, but that doesn't mean that these anxieties are going to be completely gone and that's okay because anxiety is still a part of life. It's learning to love it and accept it and manage it and embrace it because if we're not embracing it, we're denying it. And when we're denying parts of our reality we're, we're denying ourselves and, and we're denying ourselves the opportunity for for growth you know it's like it's like we're creating like a blockage somewhere in our in our bodies but but I just kind of said all of this stuff to myself this morning and then I felt you know a teensy bit better but the anxiety, man, it's, you know, and I'm on my period. And of course, I think that assists a little bit as well. 
But, you know, I'm always trying to figure out why am I feeling this way? What triggered me? What's this? What's that? You know, and it's okay to do that. It's okay. But we're not always going to figure everything out. You know, I obsessively try to figure things out. And I have to just concede most of the time. Okay, maybe I'm just feeling this right now because I'm feeling like this. Give it grace. Let it be what it is. Remind myself that it's going to pass. And, and that's that. Um, I spoke for a lot longer than I was intending to, um, about specifically myself. So I kind of want to get into, um, I want to get into, I guess some, some wisdom that I want to share with you. And what that is, is, um, obviously fears of the unknown, and taking action in our lives to make changes, if even in really, really small ways. And what I'm going to do now is I'm going to play a clip for you from the movie What About Bob? Like I was telling you, um, listen to this scene. This is when Bill Murray's character first meets Richard Dreyfuss's character in his office. Um, okay. So check this out. Dr. Marvin, you can help me. For the first time in my life, I feel like there's hope. I feel like I can be somebody. Bob, there's an old saying that the best psychiatrist in the world is the one right inside of you. Yeah. I can help you. Yes. Thank you. Bob, there is a groundbreaking new book that has just come out. Ah. Now, not everything in this book, of course, applies to you, but I'm sure that you can see when you see the title exactly how it could help baby steps it means setting small reasonable goals for yourself one day at a time one tiny step at a time baby steps for instance um when you leave this office don't think about everything you have to do in order to get out of the building just think of what you must do to get out of this room and when you get to the hall deal with that hall, and so forth. You see? Baby steps. Baby steps. Oh, boy. Baby steps. Baby steps. Baby steps through the office. Baby steps out the door. It works. It works. All I have to do is take one little step at a time, and I can do anything. Hmm. Baby step around the office. <laughs> Baby step around the office. That should give you a lot to digest while I'm on vacation. Okay. So then, at that point, when Richard Dreyfus tells him, tells Bill Murray that he's going on vacation, Bill Murray has a heart attack because he's basically like, oh my God, this man can help me. And now he's leaving, right? So he's very anxiously <laughs> uh, attached to this doctor already. Um, but I love that scene. But I, I kept thinking about that movie recently. One, because it's hilarious and I, and I love it so much. And it reminds me of my childhood. But the idea of, of baby steps. And I mean, look, you, you've heard this... Um, in so many different ways in your life, taking really small steps to make changes, make changes in your life, you know? We're so accustomed to, I think, wanting instant results that we, we give up very easily because we're not seeing change, you know, when we know we want to make change. And it's too frustrating a lot of times. So people give up. 
but I think it's important to um, remember that, you know, certain steps that we choose to take daily to improve our life, you know, you may, you know, I think you should celebrate I hate, I hate the word should. I think you could celebrate the fact that you're taking those steps. But, you know, to be aware that you might all, not always, you know, feel like you're reaping the benefits from them right away. But over time, you will. You know, it's all about like creating new habits. What do they say? They say it takes like 21, 21 days to, to create a new habit and whatnot. Um, and it's just like a day at a time thing. But it's it's so important to remember that in order to really create change in our lives, it usually is going to need to entail a little bit each day. Um, Listen, sometimes big changes happen all at once, but, you know, if if you're in control, you know, unless it's something that's completely out of your control that changes, um and you can't do anything about it, you know, when you want to make a change in your life, I think just getting getting prepared to allow yourself real patience with it is so important. Um, and and it's and it's important to to keep it up, right? To to make it to make it a habit. So I, I just like, also, I want to give this, I want to give this example too, with, with regard to, um, you know, this doesn't have to just be about say meditation, but just self-help in general, even if it's therapy, right? Um, I think the reason we find ourselves drawn to self-help, uh, in spirituality and meditation, you know, in times of duress, of course, is because we're looking for comfort, ease, hope. And we tend to lose these practices when we feel better, perhaps because we're feeling good and we're like afraid to rock the boat. Meaning like if we go inward while we're feeling good or okay, it could bring up feelings that we consider to be undesirable to us. You know, things that feel minuscule enough to be overshadowed by the positivity in our lives. Thus... Thus, maybe saying, oh, I don't need to pray, meditate, journal, or or get still, or go to therapy today, uh, because I'm already feeling good, so I don't need it. But what could we uncover when we're coming from a place of calm instead of, you know, disarray? Um, If we meditate or use therapy, you know, just to get calm, that's absolutely okay, but what if there are other beautiful discoveries to be made of feelings that maybe we weren't even aware of? I remember, I remember plenty of times um, in the past when I've gone to different therapy sessions. Um, not in recent time. I feel like I could fill up a therapy session any day, any day of the week, um, just with just by talking um, in in recent years. But I do remember moments going to therapy years ago where I would sit down and I felt like I was in a good mood that day. And I I would think, you know, on my way to the session, um, do I really need to go to therapy today? Should I just like maybe cancel? I don't really feel like I need it. And I would go. And it's amazing that just starting to talk, right? Not talk about anything specific, but just kind of opening up leads to other really interesting discoveries. And, and positive things it doesn't have to be negative. You know what I mean? It doesn't have to, you know, it doesn't have to be like, I'm starting from a negative point and I need to get positive. And so you think that if you're going into it positive and you start to dig deep that you're going to get to a negative point, it doesn't have to be thought of that way. Um, and I mainly say this because I know that I have had those limiting beliefs. And so I kind of wanted to reiterate that. And that's not so far off topic, but kind of falls in line with um, taking small steps in our lives that we know that could be good for us, that we're afraid to do for whatever reason. Um, 
you know, it seems like now is the time more than ever to lean into change since it's happening and we can't control it, right? It's happening on a, on a vast scale. But we still want to stick to our comfort zones. We still want to stick to what feels safe, you know, but if something isn't working for you in your life, you know, getting clear about that, becoming aware of that, that's the most important part. Don't forget, self-awareness is always the first step, acknowledging something, right? Because we can't make changes if we're in denial about something. We can't make changes with something that doesn't exist or that we don't perceive to exist. So I think that I think that if you are looking to make changes in your life, it has to start it has to start small. Don't overwhelm yourself with making a really huge change. You know, you don't have to move out or end a relationship or quit your job, you know, uh, you know, unless unless these things are really detrimental to your well-being, but you don't have to do all of these things just because you feel like um because you're hoping for instant relief because you're not happy, you know? Um setting a plan, making making small goals is is really important. You know, I think sometimes the most the most altering um life-altering changes happen over a period of time and allowing ourselves the time and the patience for these things is very important and, and not just giving up not just giving up you know sometimes we discover things that feel good for ourselves and we're like yeah I'm gonna do that every day or I'm gonna do that every week you know and then we fall off a few days later um because we're just maybe not feeling it that day, but we were really feeling it the first three days or something. And what I'm trying to say is we, we have to, we have to commit, we have to commit to things and not commit just when we're feeling like it. You know, if we really believe that something is going to be positive for us and is going to help us to implement, you know, change and guide us through, you know, certain evolutions in our in our lives. We have to be able to commit to certain things. Now, again, it's not always going to be perfect, so you can't beat yourself up for that. But it's got to be consistent, right? There, there's got to be some sort of routine, even if it's tiny. It's tiny. I know that routine for me is something that I desperately need. And it also is something that scares the shit out of me because for years I would be afraid to write down lists for myself because I really had a hunch that I wasn't going to follow these lists or if I didn't follow one thing on the list, I was going to get all up and, you know, all bent out of shape over it, you know, because I've, you know, cause I'm a perfectionist. Um, hopefully soon to be saying recovering perfectionist and you know so we we have to we have to give ourselves room to make mistakes but but it's it's a commitment it's a commitment to something small every day no matter what it is but it but it but it's got to be small because a lot of times you know when we think that making you know when we think that changing something for ourselves has to be huge Again, we're not gonna we're not gonna want to fucking do it because it feels too overwhelming, and of course it's overwhelming. There, that's too much to do. It's too much to change. You know, a lot of really pertinent change doesn't happen overnight, and we ha- and we really have to come to terms with that. We have to accept that. That doesn't mean that you can't make quick decisions or that doesn't mean that something extravagant can't happen and change your life in a second. These things, these things happen. But if we think that every thing that we want to change can happen in the blink of an eye, we're not going to really be able to implement very much change in our lives or we're not going to give it the time that it needs to, to grow. 
So, you know, keeping it, keeping it simple, um, the phrase easy does it has come up for me a lot lately, mostly in my like 12 step meetings. Um, but you know, if there's something that you want to change in your life, whether it's a feeling or a job or something physical or something you want to gain. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. Taking little steps each day to do it is the way to do it. It's the way to do it. And you may have heard this a billion times and you still might not be doing it. So here is your reminder. Little tiny things every day. And it doesn't have to be the same thing every day, you know. You could write the night before, you know, what small action that you're going to take that's going to lead you to this larger goal or this change that you want to make. And you could set a timer and say, I'm going to do this for 15 minutes. Fuck, you, you, you say five minutes. You could say three minutes. And I'm telling you something. You might not think that three minutes is shit, but it's three minutes more than what you would have been doing in your day. And three minutes is still going to add up like anything, you know? You know, we constantly disregard pennies because they're only a cent. And you can't really fucking buy anything with a cent, but they still add up over time, you know? So giving credit to all of the little things, because again, in life, it really is about the little things. And it's, it's hard for us. It's hard for us to accept just the little things because, again, they, they don't always show their benefits right away, you know, but it takes time. So it's like, it's really just kind of trusting that, you know, okay, uh, I'm going to do this thing every day and it's working towards, you know, something positive. It's working towards a higher purpose and it may not feel like I'm doing anything, but I trust that it's going to help me get closer to where I need to be. And also, I really want to just reiterate this too. We get to choose how we view things. You know, we get to choose how we want to live. It's okay to be afraid of change. It's okay to be afraid to make changes, which is why we want to start off small. And it's okay to not know how to make changes. You know, we, we get to ask for help too. We get to surrender and let ourselves not know the way. We get to have faith and trust that the universe or God is working in your favor. You know, the universe doesn't single people out and give them the short end of the stick just to make them suffer. Some experience more pain than others, but how we decide we want to view these circumstances is up to us. You know, we don't have to feel good about them, but we get to make the choice in how We want to think about them and then we can develop tools on how to get there. But again, we have to start off small. Like I said, baby steps. Thank you so much for listening. I hope this was a little bit helpful in some way to you. I hope that you have a beautiful week and that you're you and your loved ones and your pets and everybody in your in your lives are staying safe and healthy and I hope that you're being kind to yourself and giving yourself a lot of love and self-compassion at this time and just remember we are all on a different journey and our journeys have different uh, timetables and we're not um we're not to get caught up in 
what other people are doing or compare ourselves, you know, or compare our progress to others. We only need to compare ourselves, you know, to who we were yesterday or who we were last year, you know, and just be thankful for the wisdom that you've gained because you know damn well that you've gained some wisdom and you've probably implemented it. And that doesn't mean that it's perfect because again, there's no, there's no perfection. You just have to remember that you're doing the best that you can. But make sure that you're taking a small action, no matter how small, every day to get closer to the things that you want to make a change. I love you guys. Thank you so much.